in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost, and we're here to bring you another pandemic show where nothing much changed in our lives since the last time you saw us, but now we're going to jibber-jabber for 15 minutes about some bullshit and uh, try and act like life is normal. Jibber-jabber, jibber-jabber. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we're going to get into an incre- interesting topic today. We've checked out uh, the top 10 movies about addiction. Mm-hmm. It's about addiction. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's about drug addiction or anything. It's about addiction. So yeah. uh, to me, everything was in play. And, uh, and it sounds like with Matt, everything was in play as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to have that discussion as we go forward with new films or recent films or old films will be involved in these things. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Did, uh, what did we set this on? What's releasing that's somewhat about addiction isn't that how we found this one you always ask me every time uh but i think last time you brought it up and i was unaware (laughs) because we had jungle land i can remember that one jungle land yeah Uh, then we had mank yeah mank yeah and then whatever this one was anyway some movie about addiction (laughs) we're like why not uh hell yeah I mean, Hell it's yeah. going to lead to some some weird movies. That's for damn sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I watched uh, one for this, and uh, yeah, I don't think I get it the same way everybody else does. Oh, really? I had never seen one. Okay. I made a list and then did a search. What am I missing? Type of thing. Right. And there's one which is like, oh yeah, I always meant to watch that, and I watched it for this, and I was like, okay, yeah, it was fine. The universal praise seems maybe it's just because everybody was so young, so they were excited about the prospect of anyway. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, but anyway, so yeah. we said it about some damn movie, and yeah. it could be coming out on a streaming service somewhere. So enjoy that, whatever it is. Let us know what at Matt Nost and at the Roga says, or <laughs> at Joe, what it was precisely. I, I want you to stop, I want you to stop looking. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Let's have them do the research. Let us know. (laughs) We've done enough work for you fucks. You help us now. You help us. What Uh, is happening? Are you okay? What is happening, man? Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I I got nothing to talk about, so I'm trying to extend this. It's, It's, you know. Really got nothing to talk about, nothing happening in the world, nothing going on, nothing in life, nothing, nothing, uh, it, it's going down. Uh, no additions, actions uh. from a routine that is roughly the same. Ah, you know, today, instead of doing this, I'm doing this, but it's still right. a lot of the same overall structural routine. Yeah. yeah fair. And there's fair. not really much in the way. Like the other day, Catherine and I were like, hey, what, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't, do you want to go to the mall and just like walk around? <laughs> We ended up taking a two, like two and a half hour ish walk because she'd never really walked down this one specific section. So we just fucking booked down fountain and she saw all kinds of different stuff on fountain. 
That's genius, man. But I'm out. <laughs> we we got rid of our golf club, so we can't go to the range. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of other things that are shut down that you can go. So it's a lot just going to parks and walking around and yeah, uh, shit like that. It's like a yeah. We we walked over to the gym. Okay, there's the gym's gym open. There's yeah, the gyms down here are open. The theater's closed today. So as in San Diego, so that sucks. One of the reasons that it was a perk to move down here was having access to theaters in case stuff came out but wasn't going to be shown in LA because of those being closed. But now they closed them today. So I was going to see Mank this weekend. That Netflix mm. one we talked about last week, I was going to go see because it's all that Citizen Kane stuff and Gary Oldman. Nope, unfortunately, it is not showing anywhere around here. So I have to wait till it comes out on Netflix on December fourth. Um, and we walked to the gym. Gym's like twelve minutes away, right down mm-hmm. the street. Uh, and it's a but it, they want to charge a hundred dollars a month per person. And in LA, for those of you who know, Equinox charges about one sixty, one seventy a month. You get a lot of perks with Equinox in this yeah. place. They're not like washing my clothes. The gym looks good, but it ain't Equinox level. So for me, $100 a month is way too much for a gym. I'm assuming it's A, they were probably somewhere near that, but B, they can say, we're only going to, we're letting fewer members in per day. Oh. So you're subsidizing the cost of lack of membership to try and keep this a safe environment. So you're paying for the safety protocol, which is fine. Welcome to capitalism. Yeah. Um, if yeah, if you can afford it, if you can't, unfortunately, then you have to find something else. And that may mean that may be true. You know, you might be right that subsidizing or whatever, uh, because they, they they didn't do the hard push, Matt. They weren't like, "What can I do to get you to be a member? What can I? I'll give you like two weeks for free." Or they didn't do any of that. They're just like, "Yeah, here's the deal. Uh, you're former military. Okay, we'll knock off thirty bucks, um, and that's the situation." And then we said, okay, well, think about it. I was like, all right, think about it. Get back to us when you can. And I was, I just I never experienced that before. Yeah. So used to them being like, no, no, don't leave. What can we do? Blah, blah, blah. You know? So like the other uh, day, we, we, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, nothing. I just, um, it's the last gym I went to that I didn't get the, the last two I went to, I didn't get the hard sell, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I've been to 24 hour fitness enough times. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The 24 hour. Yeah. Those guys. Um, yeah, yeah. We got a new car that Lindley leased. We got rid of her old 2004 Subaru Forester. Uh-huh. It was time. So, but dude, negotiating nowadays with cars it is a fascinating situation, man. Have you have you have you had to do this anytime recently, man? Um, two years ago, they'll keep you there all day. That's- I mean, all day, man. Even if you come in with, I did. Car Max, and then basically it's like, listen, this is what I want. Yeah, I know you can get it for me because it's in your network. And I had them try and sell me on two different cars. It was basically the same car, different color. This one had a right. slightly different options package. Uh, just like, no, 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 man. I I know in your network you got this guy for this price, right. and they're like, all right, you have to come back. I had to come back at like eight o'clock that night because they had to drive it down from out near Palm Springs or something. Wow. And I was like, doesn't matter to me. And they gave me a full tank. They cleaned it before I got it. And I, you know, drove off the lot and good to go. But nice. Yeah. I've only negotiated for three cars, four cars ever. Oh, wow. 
I kind of like it. I'm a sick fuck in that way. I like negotiating that because I got fucked over the first couple of times. I got a car because I didn't listen to my dad. Mm. I thought I knew better. And uh, I'd get these terrible interests on my loans starting out because I just kind of listened to what the, and I was like, they wouldn't lie to you, dad. They wouldn't lie to you. That's not what they do. Why do you suspicious of everybody in the world? And I couldn't have been more wrong. So now every time I negotiate over a car, those guys are paying or those, you know, a couple of times it's been a woman. Uh, they're paying for the mistakes I made in the past. Uh, man, I will, I, 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 with my Jedi, it was like a month going back and forth, pitting salesmen against each other and before I finally got the price I wanted. And in this situation, we were there and we just, I just kind of, I was like, this is, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, look at the numbers. So, well, who are you trying to fool here? I've got a calculator on my phone, blah, blah, blah. And it took multiple trips back and forth. And then we still left because Lindley likes to check everything before she makes final decision. Went to take it, drive another car. We didn't like it. We came back and we dropped him down even more. And then we were satisfied and driving off the lot. And so it was just like, I kind of enjoy doing that shit. I wonder if that's a cottage industry. Are there people you can hire to negotiate your car deals for you? I wonder if there are people like, there must be, right? For the rich, there must be somebody. There must be some kind of service. Well, you'd assume the rich don't care, at least most of them. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Um, Although rich people are some of the cheapest motherfuckers you'll meet. Yeah, but it depends on what kind of wealth. Ah, yeah, right. Old money or new money. Yeah, and also how they acquired it. Hmm. Are are they, you know, well, at one point, a child of the Great Depression, so they hold on to everything, like every so many kids that came out of that like he was a janitor his entire life and bequeathed the local university 6.3 million dollars and like so you just you saved every penny for fear of because that's you know the environment you were born into yeah Yeah. uh yeah but by and large for a car especially if you're going to pay that much you're intending to show off so you know what the cost is right oh fair point it's not a prudent investment right um so you're willing to waste that money and then <laughs> show your ass. It's an obscene amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I like haggling for cars and such mm. as well. Um, I'm more so like haggling, like uh, if you're in a marketplace or go to a flea market or something like yeah. the Pasadena uh, flea market. Oh, yeah. Or in other countries and whatnot, and be like, "Hey, come on, come on! The best you can do is this." Like, you're not trying to be an asshole. Be like, "I, I know you paid a permit to be here, and you picked this all up on the cheap, and I want you to make some money, but I don't want to get gouged. I'm more than happy with leaving fat on this steak, but we don't need to leave this. Like, it doesn't need to be Kobe beef, you know? For you, uh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with you making money. I have zero problem. But there's, right. I'm, you know. I'm not willing to pay. I've walked away from so many different things that I loved and be like, yeah. I'm, you're out of your mind. You're charging way too much. But is it a great piece? It's a phenomenal, but yeah. you're a double what I think it's worth. Um, but sometimes you do end up, if you love it enough, you pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still pissed. We didn't buy years ago. Uh, we were just walking through Italy. Uh, came, I was in Milan somewhere and we passed by this antique shop, but it was like modern antiques, 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. And there was an old uh, backlit porcelain. So it was like um, 
the width of uh, a bathroom mirror, those ones that used to oh. sit off the wall type right, of thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That had the the rounded edge, but metal with the uh, mirror on the front. Yeah. So think of that rough shape, except it's all rounded together. And it was an eye chart in Italian and was backlit. It's porcelain. It was probably from 19, I would say the 40s somewhere. Wow. It was just cool. It's like an eye chart in Italian and you can only tell it's in, in but it's, you could, it's, 60 years old, 70 years old, immaculate right. shape. This is, and the guy wanted, uh, I wanted to say 900, 950 euros. Wow. Just, okay. Dude, that's, you do have a great piece. And to yeah. the right person, that's probably the right price. But, and I still kick myself over that. It's just one of those, it's always stuck out. We, to, we talked about it like a month ago. It's just like, oh, you remember that piece? That would look good right here. <laughs> But what are you going to do? It's right. still, it's still, once you do the conversion, it's like, dude, it's a, it's a one and a half foot by two oh. foot porcelain, you know, thing yeah. I'm going to hang on the wall. Right. You want $1,200 once you convert? Like, that's a fucking shit ton of money for that. <laughs> uh, but what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. But I like, I like the haggle. Yeah. 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 The haggle is nice. If you know how to haggle, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's like an unwritten social contract. Like I know you're gonna offer me more. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm gonna counter if I if I'm worth uh, anything. I'm gonna counter and figure this out. But it's always, but you can't haggle in other things. You can't haggle for like the new PS5. You can't haggle for these other things. Are no, prices. you can't haggle with. The well, it's because one has all the products, so they can set the price at whatever you want. Type of thing. That's true. That's true. Whereas cars, it's like there's a lot of supply out there. There's multiple uh, ways. Yeah, multiple people trying to get a piece of their pie with that exact same car. Whereas <laughs> PlayStation's only owned by Sony. Just slide that, slide that number back to the. What is cashier. it going for anyway? I've seen the shit on Twitter where people are like got one, and then others yeah. are jealous. Yeah, I did get one. Uh, I was lucky to be one of those people who got one. It is. Um, I had to save up for this motherfucker, but because they didn't charge you until. November so yesterday they didn't charge me until then so I was like okay I'm gonna reserve one mm. uh, and then I'm gonna you know save up and uh, so that when they hit the if I get it then I'll have enough in the account to uh, to take it out but yeah I mean the 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 one that's the one that's digital mm. I think is four hundred and the one that's not digital is five hundred oh that's not bad I think yeah I didn't think it was that bad of investment I still got my other Xbox which I'm gonna sell at some point. Um, but yeah, so it was like, well, I'm a PlayStation guy. I tried Xbox for a year and a half. I fucking hate it. It's not my jam. Yeah. I like uh, PlayStation better. Yeah. I just think it's, it's, I navigate PlayStation so much more easier than, or easily than I do uh, the Xbox. The controller so. to me is a billion times better too. Agreed. Yeah. The controller for the Xbox yeah. is a big lunky brick in your hand. I don't, you like get it. used to it. It's fine, but I, mm -hmm. I prefer PlayStation's controller too. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. Well, you know, there are people who are addicted to games, Matt. So we're talking about addiction here on the show. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, well, that's true. Did you put King of Kong on your list? Because that's a form I, oh, of addiction. I, I thought about that. Still haven't seen it. Still haven't oh, seen it. Oh, you still it. haven't seen it. Yeah. Damn it. I've got to see it. Um, I don't know if it'll yeah. live up to the hype at this point. <laughs> There's a lot, man. Um, all right. So that's what we're doing. Count on the top 10 films about addiction. Uh, here on the uh, show. And uh, Matt, how does the show work? 
Uh, once we set a topic, we go our personal ways, great individual top 10 list. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one piece. Once we revealed our personal top 10 list, create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, right. Where are we going, man? So I had trouble with the bottom of my list. Okay. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. bunch kind of inching in or like, ah, oh, do I want to count that one? Technically, it's not mm-hmm. really in the same kind of uh, vein. But anyway, so 10, I've got the way back. Oh, nice. Okay. That didn't make mine. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I think it's, there are three or four others that could easily make this 10. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're all roughly the same. I just chose the way back because I just saw it. Maybe people haven't seen it yet. We don't, you know, we haven't talked about it all that much. Right, right. So as good a reason as any. Um, and it's about alcohol addiction and Ben Affleck at one point was going to be the best basketball player out of his district and things just kind of went sideways and now he's trying to get his life back together. But he's still, I like that it's a more honest discussion about struggling with the addiction without yeah. having to show the absolute apex and, you know, trough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't need to always see the Mariana's trench to understand what the person has been through type of thing. Yeah. It's uh, a good movie, man. I finally saw it, it the other day, really enjoyed the hell out of that movie and his performance is stellar. I mean, that scene with the girl and he ends up at that, the wrong house and that whole, like, mm. it's just like, shit. Um, you know, I can only imagine. I mean, I've been so drunk that I've been, walked into the wrong place before. Um, and then reading that about that guy who was killed by the police officer who thought she was walking into her own place and thought the mm. guy was eating ice cream under her couch. Like, just the madness of it all. So it's like, I, I that could be such a dangerous situation. So that scene in the movie was just like, whoa, man. But he, he's so... And it's not a... And the thing about it's good about the movie is it's not a touchy feeling. They may hold your hand and, you know, you it's, think it's going to be right. You think it's going to, but it's, it's because it makes that turn near the end and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm cool. Um, with this. Exactly. So it was, it made the movie more enjoyable overall for mm-hmm. me. Had it gone the other route of being like, ah, it's a little too cliched. Right. A little lifetime movie. Yeah. This needs yeah. to say based on a true story at the beginning and then <laughs> I'm fine with it. Yeah. Right. Um, he was stellar, though, wasn't he? Jesus. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. That's I, I've never woken up in somebody's place, but I remember when my friend Alex did it in college. But it was because my buddy's house we were staying at, it was more so uh, a row of apartments, but everybody, they were all first floor. And oh, they wow. looked identical type of thing. So he oh. drunkenly went into the neighbors and woke up on their couch. <laughs> shit. Uh, shit. But yeah, I mean, that shit. It's happened all didn't it happen to Ryan Rossillo for Christ's sakes? Oh, I, I imagine so. I imagine well, I, so. He's yeah, it was like five it, years you know. ago or something, six years ago. He got really drunk and woke up like it was at a neighbor's house. <laughs> it's, hey. Shit happens, man. If you drink enough, dude, I, I woke up from a blackout once and I was running full sprint uh, with my sandals in my hand and a broken cell phone in my other hand. I don't remember. I was at the bar <laughs> what? and I lived about a half mile to three quarters of a mile from the bar to my house. But it was like this, what should have been a busy street, but it was always dead. Yeah. yeah, And I came to on that, just running as fast as I could. No (laughs) recollection as to why I was running. I still remember that waking up. I had a broken flip phone in my right hand and my sandals in my left hand. Don't know what the fuck happened. Craziness, man. Nope. 
I got a bunch of stories like that, though. That's a problem. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it on the show. You've yeah, we have. But it's part of it. Now it's easy to laugh at. Yeah. I don't even ask you about it because I never know what the right approach to that is. And I know you're it's fine. You got a thick skin and you're, you're stand up and all that. But, you know, you never know what the situation is in that. But, yeah, there's uh, nothing you could say that I haven't beaten myself up over a hundred times worse. It's nothing I would say to try to even beat you up over it because I know that's yeah. a terrible addiction to have, man. You know, well, I remember <laughs> like, I mean, watching it in the movie yeah. in the way back. I was like, fuck, like entire bottles, entire bottles. That's just mind blowing to me, dude. Anyway. Yeah. Just to function, just to function. I can't, I've never, ever had that idea in my head. Like, it's just never been drawn to that food I've been drawn to. That's my addiction at times. You can tell by my body sometimes, but like the, 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 that I always, when I see people do that, I'm just like, wow, entire bottles. Oof. I mean, it's, it, everybody has their own. Yeah, exactly. Way that they, you know, go through that process. Yeah, self-medicate, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, what were we going to say? Sorry, I cut you off. What were we going to say? Oh, nothing. Just a okay. stupid story about being a drunken idiot. I got I, a lot, man. I, uh, I, I blacked out on grain alcohol. Sure, sure. I've never, I mean, I didn't start blacking out until I've been drinking for a long time. Yeah. And then it got to the point where I would black out every time because that part of my brain would just shut off after yeah. enough drinks because I was drinking so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the military, I drank a lot. I mean, in the back in the, my 20s, there was a lot of drinking. I was never an alcoholic, but I, you know, we went out drinking and I never thought it made sense to me to drink and not get drunk. If I'm going to drink, yeah. I might as well get drunk. That uh -huh. was how I thought about it uh, in my 20s. Now I can have a drink, no big deal. It's not big. But like back then, it was like, well, if I'm going to drink, got to go all the way. And uh, so yeah. there'd be a couple of times where I would just wake up and be like, well, I fuck did i get here man i remember waking up on the lawn of someone's front yard at like three in the morning or two in the morning and i just got up and i was like where how what the fuck um i tell you one of the worst craziest things was when i was uh working at a bookstore um back when i got into the reserves after the uh -huh. time and, and uh and i got into a car with a guy who um was a friend of ours who worked at the Ruby Tuesdays or the Bennigan's, one of those mall places that were there. And uh, they invited me out to go to this house to go to, you know, have like a party or whatever. I get in the car and I've already had a couple of drinks at that bar and he's just mm -hmm. getting off of work. Blonde dude. He gets in his, uh, is it a Mazda Miata or MX3? One of those like convertible ones. Yeah. And he Miata. is driving yeah, Miata and he's driving the car and I know he's drunk. I'm drunk. And I'm like kind of lying to myself that we're in an okay. Cause he keeps saying to me, cause I'm like, dude, you shouldn't be driving. He's like, I'm good, man. I'm totally good. Uh, and I remember there was one point where he is just like having this conversation with me full on without even looking at the fucking road. And we, and I look to my right and see this tele, the steel telephone pole. And I scream at him and he just goes, Oh yeah, yeah, and start, and I lost my shit, man. When we well, got to the party, I was like, I got out of the party, and I fucking sobered up until I could call a taxi to go home. But I was like, that was scared the shit out of me, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yes. Yeah, thankfully, I never got into situations. I drove drunk a lot, but I never, yeah. as evidence, I never crashed my car. 
Yeah. Drunk driving. Uh, right. Uh, so there's no, there's no point in, you know, extolling the virtues of that because you just yeah. feel like an asshole. Right, right. The right, whole right. time. There's no way to spend that and not be. I, I remember when, because uh, I got a DUI, you take classes at one point, they say that, like, on average, uh, a driver, once he gets popped for DUI in, Los, in, in California, has driven drunk a thousand times. And wow. they said on average. And in my head, when they said that, I was like, yeah, that sounds, I actually, I think I'm over that if I had to be honest with myself. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I've just been doing it since college and I didn't yeah, get yeah. popped until my mid twenties. And it's just like, dude, you, you drink enough, man. You're driving enough. Like, yeah, yeah. I could, I could tell myself it's more than that. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just lying to myself because I already feel like shit when they give me that stat because I'm in the middle of this class and why not pile on more? Hence, I, you know, there's nothing you could say that's going to, I trust me. I have beat myself up <laughs> about all kinds of shit. So it's like, hey, your insult means nothing. Oh, it's one of the few things that I, I think about, I guess, post fact, uh, Schmo down in Bateman came up to mm-hmm. me. He was like, man, there's really no way to get under your skin, is there? Because I guess he had tried yeah. during a match or something. And I was like, ah, dude, you got to, yeah. you got to like, you got to hate me as much as I hate myself. And you're not going <laughs> to put the time in that I put in. So you're never going to win this. So fire away, fire away. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth there's nothing yeah. it's like i, I know I, i've dissected my life 10 times over more than that's, you'll actually, ever. that's a great way to look at things man that's actually a very that's a way to remove the power it is anyone just, ever insulting you I don't, there's nothing i yeah. hate myself infinitely more than you ever will so you can't stack up with my, my hate trumps your hate this could be a new therapy this could be a new type of therapy to mm diffuse people being hurt by other people's comments it's no that sounds like serenity now i think this is <laughs> this is not a one size fits serenity all now. yeah uh fair point all right let's move on what's your number nine man <laughs> my number nine is uh rocket man oh yeah good choice good choice dude i struggled no. struggled struggled to put that on here but in the end i just didn't yeah i didn't want them all to be the sorrowful addiction movies right 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 and i was also looking for things where it's prominent in the movie there are a bunch of movies that addiction is part of the overall story right right uh but it's not the main uh thrust of the story so i've tried to kind of shoot towards that mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. um but it's a a nice you know why vh1's behind the music was such a massive hit is because you get a peek behind the curtain of a life that you've kind of only envisioned and mm-hmm. to see it fully from his perspective but still this grandiosity to it i mean him yep. showing up at that aa meeting of the facade in essence of what it is of elton john and by the end he is stripped down to who he is yeah. when he's come to acknowledge the reasons why he was pushing himself to do that and just the it's got all these artful little things it sucks that everybody prefers bohemian rhapsody because it came out the year before and they lied to themselves that rami malik deserved an oscar for that mm-hmm. uh and that's fine you know what i mean it's it's the sunk cost fallacy. You feel like you've already invested so much. You need to keep reinvesting into this opinion, but it's just wrong. And we all know it. Right. Uh, <laughs> I like that. You just let me die on this. So that's fine. No, because I agree with you. I, yeah. not, not that I don't agree that Rami didn't. Dis- I think Rami deserved to be nominated. Absolutely. I, I think Bradley Cooper delivered a better performance and deserved the Oscar more. Not but, even close. And I'll take Rocket Man over Bohemian Rhapsody. I agree with you a thousand percent. I, Rhapsody I, wasn't even a, a conversation in my head about this. I would be happy with 
I'm more than happy with saying Rami Malek should be nominated and win at some point this award. He is good. Right. Right. Is it for this movie? No. Yeah. I, we've already seen him do more interesting work in other capacities. I, That's true. I totally believe he can continue on in that, uh, you know, measure, but it does with the Bond film. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope he doesn't turn into Eddie Redmayne. Got it early. And yeah. now what's Eddie really done since we're all kind of waiting. Right. Right. Uh, but you know, I just, you just don't want to go the way of Adrian Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Good win. And then it's like, now he's doing small parts wherever. Yeah. He pops up. yeah. You got but, thrust into a position that you needed to grow into as opposed to being projected into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least it's easy to diagnose not having lived through it and from afar. So right. Right. the hell do I know? But anyway, <laughs> what the hell do we know about anything on this show? This we're, anybody? We're just here to have fun, talk about yeah. movies and whatever. So you know, uh, uh, anyway, takes us too seriously. Is doing it all wrong. All right, what's the? Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's utterly incredible that Bernie comes in with the lyrics. Yeah, and he can just start to craft what ends up being the number one hit of the year. Just like it, just flows out. Once he sees the words, it just flows out of him. Like that is a that is an incredible talent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was fun. I mean, the work that Taron Egerton does is phenomenal in the movie. Uh, Jimmy Bell is great as Bernie Taupin. But the journey he goes on, right. It, it would have been, it could have been rather so on the nose. Oh, I get it. He's stripping away the veneer and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it actually works because of the performances and the scenes and how invested you are in this Elton John character that Taron Egerton yeah. is creating in the movie, right? Um, and because we love Elton John's music so much as we do, and he's still around. He's still around releasing, uh, you know, releasing music. He's still around doing concerts mm-hmm. and performances and whatever. So, yeah, I agree. This is a really good movie, man. I bought it, and I, I, I can't wait to watch it again. It's been a bit. I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, yeah I watched it like a couple months into quarantine. Mm, right so on. In a move, I knew it was a good movie. Like, it's a, it's a believable pick-me-up. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as much as I dabbled, I can't even fathom what this dude had access to for 30 years right. or 20, 20 years, however long he was hardcore partying. Yeah, true. I know he's done by early mid eighties. So yeah. yeah. Hey, what is that? 13 years. Yeah. It's a lot of time. Still, it is a, yeah. a lot of time to really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Really go out there. Yeah. And, and be the all time because there's somebody that has the all time record of like nobody partied more than that person. That person, technically in human history, that person has partied more than any person ever will. It's got to be Keith Richards, right? I mean, he's still fucking alive. He is still, but how often does he still party? I don't know. I feel like he would probably still party. Probably. Yeah. Don't you think? Maybe. Yeah. I. I mean, you know, heroin's clearly not happening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I would doubt cocaine just for the stress on his heart, but he's probably still drinks, smokes pot. Mm, good point. Yeah, maybe, maybe does uh, mushrooms or something else. Yeah. Well, possible. What if he's just a big MDMA head now? It just loves, <laughs> it's always touching people when he's talking to them. That's just what yeah. he got into. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you see him and he's spinning something. What's going on? <laughs> All right. Uh, he's calling up Mick Jagger to talk about old times. It's real sensitive. <laughs> well, we wish you, you know, we hopefully the, the, we hope the quarantine is going well for you, Keith. Yeah, Keith. Absolutely. Mick, remember 1960. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. 
right. <laughs> right. well, that was Rocket Man. Eight is uh, Flight. Ah, uh, yes, my nine. Yeah, okay. yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean Denzel's just fantastic in this movie. Just fantastic. The movie as a whole is good. Yeah, it's it's a watchable good movie. It's not gonna. Yeah. He's not going to win any Oscars, and he got nominated, and rightly so. But the film wasn't going to win any Oscars. No, uh, but it's it's he's incredible in this movie, man. He really is, and I his twist on the end during the inquiry. Mm. Um, I don't know if we want to say yeah. how old this movie's what five six years old now at this point. Um, yeah, I think that's about. But right how many here. people saw it? It is uh, 2012, bro. It is eight years old. Wow. wow, really? Wow, we are old. All right, we well, I guess with, with Denzel and the fact that it's eight years old, I don't mind talking about it then. Okay. Uh, just because it is Denzel. Right. Whereas Fences, I say give a little more time. <laughs> right, fair. Full, just a little bit more time, then it's fair game. Anyway, so when it comes down to it, and they have you know the, the empty cordials during the inquiry, and they're like, well, I can't remember why like his blood work or whatnot was inadmissible or they couldn't take it or mm-hmm. some shit, but the flight attendant, she was the only next logical conclusion. Oh yeah. To fall on the sword and be like, it's not how, no. Right. D- d- we're not going to besmirch. Like, I-, I don't care at this point. It takes, it'd be like finding out if Sully was three sheets to the wind. Right. Right. And be like, oh, I did this amazing Sully. Like, come on, man. Uh, and the, the crazy thing is, so the plane flying inverted was oh, so yeah. believable. Mm-hmm. That's really difficult to do. It was inverted. Yeah. It was inverted. <laughs> uh, but not in a jet fighter, just. Not in a cool way. No. Well, it was kind of cool, but oh, no, it was, also it was, scary yeah, as hell. Like a, they're doing corkscrews as they're flying around trying to take out MIGs as you yeah, were just right. making a motion for. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, when they decide to do it because they don't have what the actuators, uh, the flaps aren't working in one direction. So if they go upside right. down, they can keep their loft up. Something, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so if it's locked in the other, so they have to flip over and you're like, this seems pretty real. Like, Good for you. Is this Ridley Scott? Ridley Scott in uh, uh, Denzel? Zemeckis. Zemeckis. That's right. Yeah. It is Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, it, I mean, <laughs> to see him, even though he had gone through all of this and he can't still leave his addiction and it took having to go to jail for him to, you know, get the cold turkey quit that he needed. Yeah. Now, who yep. knows if he maintains once he gets out, but it looks like he's on that trajectory, like genuinely. Right. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think what's so great to watch with him is just how he negotiates the scenes, as you mentioned, in the courtroom, but also with uh, Mayor, uh, is it Kelly Riley? I think her name is the the, the actress who was in um, oh, I have to look it up. Yellowstone now, and she's in uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes. I think that's her name. But like the, the scenes he negotiates with her when they're, you know, doing what they're doing with the drugs and whatever, and then the stuff with John Goodman, mm-hmm. just really great scenes with the actors that he has scenes with. Yeah, that layer the film with this kind of uh, tension and drama that works so well. And, you know, Denzel at times can be, you know, in other movies can be Denzel. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, the way he approaches the character from the inside out, and he still has his Denzelisms, but there's also this so much more operating underneath, you know? Yeah. 
when he gets that to that place, I think his performances are so much more richer. You know, uh, to very watch. true, very yeah. true. Mm. All right, so that was my eight, your nine. What do you got, okay. my friend? All right, so my ten is an old one from the eighties. I say old, uh, called "Clean and Sober" with Michael Keaton. Okay, didn't make my list, but it was okay. in contention. Yeah, I remember this film and The Boost were two of these films that I saw in the 80s and they've always stayed with me. The Boost is James Woods and Sean Young and cocaine and like it's it destroys their relationship because he becomes a terrible addict and she keeps believing in him. Is that the one where he's driving a convertible on Sunset, you know, through Beverly Hills where he's flying through traffic? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he like he essentially just destroys their relationship, and she's heartbroken. It's one of the best performances Sean Young's ever delivered, and no one ever talks about it. Uh, but clean and sober is Michael Keaton. I think he's in a he's an accountant or he's a he's a real estate guy. Real, real I want to say he's real estate. It's yeah. been years since I've seen it. That's yeah. another reason I didn't put it on. It's like ah, it's been so long. He's a real estate guy, and it's it shows you the descent uh, into what he deals with as an alcoholic and the things he encounters i mean the relationship with kathy baker oh man that is devastating bless you that is devastating what he goes through because he creates this this possibility and then forgets that addicts are addicts and things happen and you can't put them through you can't look at it through the normal lens at least what they were showing you know in in this particular situation Mm. what he goes through with her um, and what she goes through, what she relapses, what she defaults to, and how that affects him. And you know, uh, Roger Ebert in his review, I went back and read some of his reviews about this or review about this, and he said, like, you know, for every celebrity that's going to a rich Betty Ford thing, there are everyday um, people who can't, you know, go into Betty Ford. They have to go to mm-hmm. these other clinics, these other AA situations, and this film shows you what the day-to-day reality of people like that is as they struggle with this addiction and uh, try to go to these meetings and try to stay away from ruining their lives and their relationships and their jobs. Yeah. And Keaton delivers a masterful performance. I mean, this is 1980. This is like Keaton uh, during the, just about to get Batman, done, yeah. doing the comedies of Mr. Mom and Beetlejuice. Yeah, post-gung-ho. Yeah, post-gung-ho. He's putting this one in there, and this shows you the range of him as an actor. If you haven't seen this one, and you're a Michael Keaton fan. I can't recommend it enough. I really can't. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it in years. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'll go back and revisit it to thing with addiction movies. It's a rare addiction movie that I go back and rewatch. I'm sure, bro. Like over and over. They still stick with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was number nine is Flight. We said that already. Then my number Correct. eight is uh, The Lost Weekend with uh, Ray Milland. This is mm-hmm. one I saw for the first time maybe a year or two ago on TCM. And I'd always resisted it because I'm like, uh, is it is addiction really like did they really do it right? You know, you get caught up thinking in the past that they did it like reefer madness or whatever. But this film is actually fucking excellent showing uh this guy's alcoholism and the way he hides it and lies and and totally f- like straight to people's faces the people he loves sure. lies to them and do it and so you're seeing the extent to which the addiction can really take over this guy's life and what mm-hmm. he uh what relationships he's willing to ruin um, how he struggles to try to stop doing it, but then things happen and it's his immediate response is to go drink and do whatever. And you just, 
you just you feel terrible watching this all happen throughout uh, this film, you know, and it's it's just one of the most honest uh, films about addiction from that time. And I bet at that time it was something that a lot of people were going through and maybe didn't even know they had it. You know, they were just like, this is life. This is just the life I live and didn't understand that they were alcoholics or functioning alcoholics. So the family breaks that down. There's a number of chilling scenes throughout the movie as he confronts how terrible his addiction actually is and what it's costing him, you know, and the lengths he'll go to, to escape anyone finding out that he's taking a drink or getting a drink or whatever. And the lies he'll tell us. It's really, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your seven? Uh, my seven. So my seven is one of, I guess the only real cheat, so to speak. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is the fighter because the addiction <laughs> for me isn't the yeah. primary story. That's my seven. So yes, oh. I agree with your cheat, my friend. Um, but because it's based on a true story and the fact that this guy, you know, had a shot. Yeah. His, the older brother and then just yeah. kind of now Thank lives you. on his former glory as he's a crackhead. Uh, and then Mark Wahlberg's character, you know, basically picking up the mantle, even though the mother still favors the older because he was the first one that got on HBO or got on. Right, right. You know, as a fighter, got some renown. It's also, the, the thing that's great about the movie too, Matt, is this thing like um, he's not only addicted to the drugs, he's addicted to his previous life. Yeah, his fame. Right? His fame. He wants to he needs it back so bad he's willing to do, but then he can't control his addiction uh, to go and get that addiction of fame satisfied as well. But he keeps lying to himself that that HBO is going to do this documentary on him. Like they've done with other people. Um, And that kind of feeds his whole overall feeling of self-worth, which is why he thinks he can tackle or break this addiction or this addiction is not that bad because people must really support him or like him. So he must have something of value, which only kind of keeps perpetuating the cycle. It's insane. I mean, doesn't he, he he's late to a fight as a corner man because he's on crack. Like he's yeah. at that house and he has to get out of where they go around looking for him and he jumps yeah. out of the second floor. Yeah. Um, but it's such a, you know, I can't think of many movies that dealt with a real crack addict story. Yeah. Um, it's usually kind of the, they're almost the, this kind of faceless story on some level because yeah. you didn't really see it in movies all that often, at least prominently placed that I can remember. But at the same time, when that would have been happening in movies, I wasn't watching those type of movies. I was a little kid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just great. Just because for that reason, that is something where I was like, man, how do you, what is that life like? And to see him just living not only on the high of the drug, but the delusions of his future and former fame mm-hmm. and grandiosity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's my seven. Yeah. All right. What's your six? Uh, my six is a star is born. That's my six. Wow. Yeah. The most, the most recent one, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, cause Cooper is such a believable drunk. Oh my God. It's, mm. you know, so sad, mm-hmm. so sad. And of course it had to end that way for him. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, because he hadn't tackled it. He hadn't really tackled it. Because, I mean, obviously, and Matt, you can speak to this more than I can, but, like, the underlying thing of any ad- addiction, I would imagine, is these raging moments of low self-esteem. 
Uh, and you see he had dealt with the addiction to a degree, but he hadn't dealt with the reasons for the addiction. So the way it ends is the way it's supposed to end because he hadn't done that other work uh, mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't feel useless or in comparison to the ascendancy of Lady Gaga's character um, and also how his brother, you know, kind of rejected everything he was doing yeah. at the end there because he'd had enough of covering for him. And of course that embarrassment at the award show, pissing his pants, like just, there wasn't that strength to try to overcome all this stuff and be okay with this new life, this new normal. And for him, the other option just seemed more the correct way to handle it. And it was tragic to see, but he's incredible in the movie, dude. Damn. Just flat out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The fact that he didn't win, it was, if memory serves, he was my clear-cut favorite of the year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the you know best male lead. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just harrowing when they're when uh, uh, Lady Gaga and <laughs> uh, yeah, and Sam are in that hallway afterwards and just trying oh, to yeah. do they take blame and he shifts it off and like this isn't this isn't our fault. Yeah. And he's right. It just sucks that they knew that. They knew the warning signs the whole time. Yeah. They tried to stop it, but ultimately you can't be there 24 hours a day. Yeah. And you you got to go on with your life. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. And just like he was, this was inevitable. It sucks that it was. We mm-hmm. tried. Right. And you don't feel like that's someone consoling themselves after the loss. That feels earned, at least from him. Yeah. I wish more people felt that way because sometimes. People, you know, they try to be there as much as possible. But like you said, Matt, you can't be there 24-7. And you can only do so much. Um, yeah. You've got your life to live. You've got responsibilities. You've got to pay rent. You've got to feed your children. You've got to be like, you've got your own stuff. <laughs> and so to ask someone to constantly be there 24-7 is a hard ask. Uh, but yet people take on the guilt when the person takes and i feel that way about suicide too it was like i've you know like i said i suffered with it in 2016 and and beyond and like i i i try to make it very clear to people like you you can't take this on if someone commits Mm -hmm. suicide it is their decision it is their moment and their struggle you can do whatever you can to try to get them help and make the calls whatever but at the end of the day they're if they want to do it they're going to do it and they'll find the right time to do it. And there's that you can't take that on, you know, and I, I wish more people would take that guilt off their lives. Cause I think that leads to their own struggles with uh, possible mental health or addiction themselves to yeah. deal with the guilt of the loss, you know? So, um, all right. So that was both of our six. Yes. I wonder if, I wonder if we keep this train rolling. <laughs> okay. Five. I've got uncut gems. That's a punt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure shit and addiction. All right, what do you got at five? Yeah, it is. My five is uh, Crazy Heart. The okay, Jeff I, I've only seen pieces. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, go ahead. I, I need to use the restroom real quick. Okay, so sure. Yeah, Crazy Heart. What a, a film that I thoroughly enjoy with Jeff Bridges. And, you know, he, he won the Oscar for that one, directed by Scott Cooper, him and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, is Sam Elliott in this one, too? Hold on, let me take a look real quick while you guys are. Uh, uh, I think, as I know, Colin Farrell is the young country singer who's, of course, taken his, uh, or, you know, that he sees as possibly taking his spot. 
uh yeah maggie jill and hall no i guess i don't see um yeah i don't see uh um sam elliott i thought maybe sam elliott was in anyway it's you know he's a, a former famous country singer and he's dealing with um his addiction and to alcohol and it led to this dysfunctional life of his uh and of course uh, he ends up you know having this relationship with maggie gyllenhaal and her child and what that leads to a very um um unsettling and harrowing moment in her scene in the movie because he gives into his addiction a little bit and takes his eyes off the ball of taking care of uh, Maggie's child and what that leads to. Um, and it is, it is such a well-acted movie. Uh, Jeff Bridges certainly deserved the Oscar. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was fantastic here. We'll do this. I think we'll do this. Yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal was great in it. Um, and uh, their scenes are so filled with tension and fire uh, and um, you know, chemistry um, that it's a, a joy to watch. And then at the end, um, you know, when he's finally kind of resolved what he needs to resolve, it's pretty great to see them uh, kind of work it out and be, uh, you know, and uh, you know, come to an understanding, I guess is what it is. And then go, what happens with Colin Farrell as well. So just great stuff. If you haven't seen the movie, you know, Matt seen, said he's seen pieces and bits and pieces of it. Can't recommend it enough. Cause actually it, it's a really, it's a slow burn, but it's an, it's a, um, how can I say this? It's a slow burn that you can't take your eyes off of. Is what okay. I would say. Because did he the deserve ball. the Oscar? Oh yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, a million percent. What Bradley Cooper did, Jeff Bridges is doing before Bradley Cooper does. And I don't mean Bradley Cooper copied anything. I no. just mean that Jeff Bridges does his version of that. I got and you. It's so well done. So well done, uh, and very believable. And because you love him, you love him. So that when he gives into it, you're even more heartbroken that he's doing that to himself because you love him so much. It's such a well done perform, well done film and an incredible performance. Um, okay, so what's your four? Uh, my four is Rush. Yeah, I, I just don't feel for that film like other people do. So knock yourself out. I saw it once and I was like, yeah, all right, I'm good. Okay, I I like it for. God damn it! Sorry. The. Uh, um, somewhat realistic take on perhaps what it might be like if you're really going to get into this world and you got to start using yourself so you can pass off in rooms and, and whatnot. I believe this is based on a true story. Is it yeah. not? Yeah. Um, you know, you got a good performance from Greg Allman. Coming. <laughs> like a true. legit good performance from Greg Allman. Very good point. Um, <laughs> and it's about, you know, cops going undercover to try and bust up, a drug ring yeah. and ultimately it's like utterly bullshit because they can't pin anything on anyone except for some, you know, BS charges. Yeah. Uh, and it's Jason Patrick and Jennifer Jason Lee kind of, he's already well established within the world and she's this ingenue. She's, she's a good detective in her own way, but she comes into the, the narcotics realm and kind of partners up with him and slowly falls into the abyss that he's already into with this yeah. addiction. And they get strung out as they're trying to still, you know, they're, they've gone beyond walking the gray line. They're clearly violating the law in certain aspects and then, you know, acting yeah. like they didn't in others. Um, and it's just that weird divide between the two. But, see, I know what you mean in that feeling of, I think I would go back to watch other addiction movies before I did this mm -hmm. one. Yeah. But it's not like it's so great a disparity because I don't really go back to watch any addiction movies. Right. It's like really hardcore addictions. There's only one. It's in my top three. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But 
So yeah, Rush, but uh, I, I didn't realize it wouldn't make your list. I figured, you know, I figured it'd be on there somewhere. Yeah, no, it's, I, I watched it once, man. And I, I, I think it's the same thing I feel when I watch the end of Goodfellas, like I tell you about it's so, it's so depressing. Mm. Like it's so depressing. Um, and there's no, and there's this like, just, it's just a descent and you're just like, Oh my God, that it's not one that I run back to watch again. And yeah, it is a good movie. A lot of people like it, but I just, for me, it's, it's, there's something about it that I just don't, I don't feel that connection to it as strongly as other people do. Sure. It's like, same thing with Drugstore Cowboy. It's just, I, that was I, the one I watched for this. Oh, yeah. That it's I brought not, up earlier. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Why, why is this 100% from critics and yeah. something high from audiences? Like, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a fine movie. It's it's early Van Zant, is it not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like all oh, this new director, and then Matt Dillon. That's the you're giving them a lot of breaks because it's all these unheralded or newer faces. Yeah, yeah, Kelly Lynch. Yeah, Kelly Lynch, Heather Graham. Oh, right, Heather Graham. And then the other guy went on. I think he was one of the surfers in Point Break. Mm. And uh, okay, he's had smaller parts here and there. Yeah, um, but it was it was fine. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I feel. I think it's a dated movie. Yeah, maybe maybe Rush is that. I think it was just the fact that you brought in the cops and you see that aspect of this underworld. Um, totally fair. But totally from a junkie cop's perspective, anyway. So that was my four. What do you? Uh, uh, let's see. My four is leaving Las Vegas. That is a punt. Okay. All right. Uh, then what's your three? My three is uh, Train Spotting. That's my three. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only one of the addiction movies that I can really rewatch. Yes. Agreed. 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 Um, it's still pretty terrible. The fact that Ewan McGregor makes it out, but his one friend that dabbled into drugs way later than everybody else ends up getting AIDS and it's just yeah. his whole life falls apart so quickly. And yeah. he was the one on the straight and narrow for the longest time. Uh I don't know. The, the the craziness of it really works for me. Like at first, yeah. Robert Car- uh, Carlyle. Thank like, me. Man, this, this guy's a bit much, but by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, in the full scope of all this, it makes sense that guy would exist in this ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all kind of like that. It's, I mean, everybody in this is really well cast and does a great job. Yeah. Yeah, uh, with Spud as uh, Ian Bremmer, Kelly yeah. McDonald in this, a young Kelly McDonald in this. Super young, playing the uh, high school kid. Yeah, the high school kid. Um, yeah, Ewan McGregor, Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller. Everybody's great. Kevin McKidd is the guy who gets AIDS and, and does guy from Rome. Yeah. That's the guy. And so, and and yeah, and it's a great you bring that up, Matt, because it's the crapshoot of life, right? I mean, like somebody can just constantly use drugs and never catch that. And then someone who's been on the straight and narrow takes a chance a couple of times because he wants to fit in. Uh, and does it for a little bit of peer pressure, and he gets AIDS from it because it's just it just was the right wrong circumstance for him at the time, and timing just fucked him. Uh, and he's mm. it's just that, and the the, the guilt that uh, that he feels, uh, Ewan McGregor's character Renton feels uh, because of his death and what have you. I think he even sees him as some in one of his visions when he's high, uh, and of course the baby stuff, yeah, the baby sinking. on the ceiling sinking into the rug, which is what it apparently feels like and what have you. And just the climbing out of the fucking toilet, all of that, the imagery of it all is just oh. so disgusting. Just showing you the life. This is the life. If you're yeah. going to get into it at this particular economic scale, this is the life, you know? And so 
And it is funny. There are some, you know, funny moments. There are some crazy moments. The, you know, Begbie's, they're throwing the glass over the, uh, over the, um, railing or whatever hitting that dude get into this massive fight he's such a chillingly scary villain in that movie he is for such uh, a tiny man yeah for such a tiny man it's right? just a tiny little man and yet you <laughs> believe he's just a ball of fury pissed off at the world oh, for god knows what yeah all of it you see it all of it and you're just like man this is nuts so um i knew a guy in the military like that too man he's that guy was scary that guy was like you could just see yeah, yeah, you can see that as a possibility every single time. Yeah, it's a disagreement. It scares the shit out of you because it's a switch. It's a switch, and you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. Yeah, they've been around those people too, and they just basically yeah. found reasons to not be around those people. Yes, agree. <laughs> agree. Yeah, you get just the more you're around it, you're like, it's not really worth the risk. His personality isn't so great. Yeah, right. Right. This is an okay outburst every once and again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that kind of stuff, and it's so well done. And Danny, even the se- I thought the sequel was good. If people haven't seen the sequel, T2, whatever it's called, to Transpotting 2, I-, I thought the sequel was actually really good. I, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be rehashing or whatever, but mm. showing them all these years later and they get reunited and how they go about doing that, I, I was just really surprised how much I enjoyed it. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, all right, what's your two? Uh, my two is Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, that's my two as well. Uh, it's just, man, I've seen it all the way through once. Yeah, yeah. I've gone back to watch certain very specific sections because there are others where I'm never going to forget that arm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen yeah, it once. Right. I've seen it. I'm never going to forget it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there. Um, and I was saying I forgot other aspects of it, but it's just like I don't need to relive watching that again because it was enough the first time. Like I get it, right? This is a right. terrible drug. This is a terrible drug. The depths of people are willing to go to just to get some more of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Requiem really sits with you. I mean, the performances are great. You know, Ellen Burstyn, uh, she deserved that Oscar over Julia Roberts for Brockovich. I'll say that to my dying day. Um, she's more of a supporting though in that movie she got nominated I know but you know she, I wouldn't have called her the lead of that mm. um, and of course Jennifer Connelly and yeah, Marlon Wayans Marlon Wayans right and is it is it no who is it it's not Crudup who is is it Crudup it's uh, Leto isn't it oh it's Jared Leto right that's right I forget those two sometimes I get confused yeah Leto uh, there and the to me, the arm, sir, but also that moment with the two girls at the end with Jennifer Colley and the black dildo. Oh, I was like, oh, the party God. thing that she party. and her hugging her drugs uh, on the couch, crumpled in the fetal position because this is what she really loves. And yeah, so she's, willing, she's to. willing to do anything for this terrible thing. And you're just like, man, oh. That is an image that will always stick with me. Uh, and the music is so well done throughout the movie as well. Mm. Um, who did but this? It's different forms of addiction, like Ellen Burstyn. It's Oronofsky, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Darren Oronofsky. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Ellen Burstyn is on speed. Yes. So she's just gritting her teeth as she's watching that juice thing. And right. when I first moved to San Diego, uh, the first job that I had, it lasted, you know, no time, like a week and a half or something. Oh, okay. But it was. 
they had their own version of juice and I'd already seen the movie and I was there for like a couple of days and I was like, well, I need the money. And I can only convince myself for so long. It's like, this isn't worth the money. Like these people are <laughs> fucking crazy. Uh, got a paycheck. I mean, they're like, we'll still pay you and be like, really? I'm kind of leaving. Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess by law you have to, so you can come pick up your check. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, just her gritting her teeth sitting in that recliner chair all by herself in the house. Yeah. And the close-ups on her face as she's looking like left to right, yeah. like what's yeah. happening. And, and Shooter McGavin just being Captain Juice. <laughs> Join us in creating excitement. Him stepping through the TV during one of her like visual stuff and, and yeah, having hallucinations. Yeah. But just that's all tweaked. That's sh- I mean the look, it's the end of the movie that will always stay. I mean, her as well, sitting and her friends out there on the bench crying because they're yuck, decades old friend ended up in this situation by the years like man the the weight of this thing is so uh, it's i've seen it once matt i don't know if i will ever see it again even if we had to do it for the cinephiles i might turn it down because i'm like it's too much to put myself through man it's yeah it's, by the end it's a lot because yeah. i don't know that you have to though because mm. it's still this evocative it's full on depressing it's full on depressing this film full on from beginning to end, man. Yeah. Well, I think so. That was your two. Mm-hmm. We have different ones, but my one then is leaving Las Vegas. That one to me is the most depressing. That's the, yeah, that's the addict. I guess technically I could have become, I don't know if I ever would have decided okay. and made the mental decision to drink myself to death type of thing, but okay. you know, drinking is like, that seems like a more likely outcome. Whereas Requiem, I didn't do heroin. Right. Whereas right. had I done heroin, Requiem might be my number one because mm-hmm. that is a reality that, you know, seemed like a potential outcome for me. Yeah. Uh, whereas leaving Las Vegas, it just kills me when she gives him the flask and he realizes he's really got a partner in crime Yeah. to help him finish out his life, how he wants to finish it, which is dead from alcohol abuse. Right. Fuck man. Yeah. That's brutal. And she, because she feels like she doesn't deserve anything better than this. She's trying, you know, she wants him to not do it because she likes him. Right. It's a, I mean, they're both sad and depressing in their own very specific ways. It's a tough movie to watch, but I have seen it more than once. I agree. I have seen it more than once as well for his performance. I mean, because. Yeah. Um, Him and Elizabeth, they're both yeah, really absolutely. excellent. But like you look at this movie and it's like, yeah, it's his addiction. But there's actually a a real romance happening amidst the time winding mm-hmm. down of this guy's life between him and Elizabeth Shue. And there's like genuinely tender moments and real connection. And then immediately, as soon as you start to feel there might be something more, he reflexively does something because he doesn't want that. He can't yeah. have that. So he has to destroy it and, and still have it, but he has to destroy it. And she has to understand that he is on this path. There's no talking him out of this path. Um, and uh, he, she, if she loves him, she's going to deal with his like, f- uh, you know, flirting with Shawnee Smith in the bar with the biker guy or whatever, and him uh, going off with other women, you know, and her doing her job and all of that. And what she suffers too, like when those college kids are, yeah. fucking, oh, it's terrible. Um, and then, you know, her, her, her pimp and whatever, um, 
And then, you know, in the end, it, them having sex, you know, right at the end, like all of that at the end is like, oh, my God. So there is so much in this film that actually is uh, really well done. And the soundtrack with Sting doing some of those old standards mm. to kind of evoke that feeling of, of I don't know, a dying time, you know, and whatever. Okay. It still holds up too. It's not a dated performance from Cage or a dated movie. No, 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 I don't think so. At least last I saw. Up. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, all right. Well, your number one is the punt. It is. Yeah. Uh, what's your What's your number one? Uh, that was my number one. Oh, oh, leaving Las Vegas. Sorry about yeah. that. I got confused here. Yeah, yeah. So then my number one, yeah, is Uncut Gems. Um, this film has grown on me too, and this is one that I'll go back and probably watch multiple times because Sandler's performance here could have easily uh, veered into caricature, easily veered into, you know, um, one dimensional or one note or surface. And it absolutely isn't. And you, it, like any great addiction movie, it makes you care about the character and then also puts you on edge the whole time because you're just not sure what this guy is willing to do or what this person is willing to do. And oh, how much are you willing to still be connected to this character as you're watching the movie? as they purposely make themselves self-destruct or can't stop themselves oh, yeah. from pursuing their addiction. And uh, uh, Adam Sandler does that in spades throughout this movie. Uh, yeah. And that addiction fuels like the, uh, the side piece, his girlfriend yeah. in the apartment that he's got for her. And the fact that the family has to go to the apartment with the son at one point, and I, you can see the two worlds, you know, the colliding yeah. and he doesn't want that, but he has no other choice because he's so self-destructive. Yeah, that he's put himself in a situation. Uh, she leaves him, and then she comes back because it's all this just disgusting affair. And yeah, the end. Right when, right when you think it's going to be one thing, it kind of has to be another. I don't want it. That one's too new. I don't want to say much beyond that. Oh no, no, I don't want to. Don't want to ruin it yeah. at all. Kevin Garnett is great. Oh, yeah, he is so he's good. great. He's so good. He come is, on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Just keep, come on, man. I hope All he doesn't us. do that much acting, but I'd like to see him in something every like three years. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lakeith St- Steinfeld is great in this one as well. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's his friend who's trying to help him with the yeah, the he's whole a thing. go between type of yeah, yeah. And uh, even Francesca, Francesca was uh, Francesca. Yeah, that's his name, Mike, the 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 radio guy from New York. He oh, is Francesca. Great. Yeah, Francesca. Sorry, Francesca. Yeah, he is he is great in the scenes that he has. Uh, with Adam Sandler as well. And of course, yeah. his mistress, Julia Fox, I think is like her third or fourth project. She hadn't done much. Uh, yeah, she's re- yeah, it was her second thing that she'd done. She's done a bunch of one offs throughout uh, her career here, starting out. She's only recently gotten into acting. So it's just like she's so good as his mistress in those scenes with him and her. And apparently, she was, if I remember correctly, she was a dominatrix through college to pay her way through college. So that kind of came in handy with some of the scenes you see in the movie, man. She's, she's stellar. And the way the twists and turns of the movie too, the ending of the movie, like you said, the end of the movie, it goes one way, but also it kind of shows you that the guy was a lot smarter than you thought. Uh, and uh, that's, what's so fun to watch when you're watching this movie. Um, mm. And I can't recommend, I think I've said it on the show before, but if I haven't, there's a short attached to the movie that the Safdie brothers did where Adam Sandler is playing a street uh, uh, performer who gets mad that another street performer comes in to essentially try to take his spot. And they battle for about eight minutes uh, throughout this movie, short movie, mm. 
about the thing. So if you haven't watched that, find that as well. So, um, uh, okay, well, there you go. There's our separate uh, lists about the top 10 addiction movies. Now we're going to put this thing together and get the combined top 10 list. I'm going to grab the bongo. Just warming up a little bit. There we go. All right, so uh, I would probably say then Requiem is number one. Oh, because it's both our twos? Yeah. Okay. And then you had Leaving Las at five, four? Uh, four, yes. All right, so why don't we do Leaving Las Vegas because it's one four versus okay. one five on Uncut Gems. Sounds good. We'll do Leaving Las and then Uncut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Train Spotting. Oh, then train Spotting, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, you want to say a star is born, then the fighter mm-hmm. after that at five, six? Yeah, sure. All right. I got my three in rush. Okay. I mean, my four rather in rush. Yeah. My next one is crazy hard at five. Um, it's, we have eight, nine, and 10 left. Okay. We have what flight in common, mm-hmm. and I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, you didn't have Rockman. Um, what well, do you want to do? Flight there, or do you want to do Crazy Heart? Crazy, crazy Heart. Yeah, because yeah, it's higher up. Yeah. All right. So, what's your next highest? Um, and then we put Flight at nine, right? Yeah. Uh, Stars Born, the fight at uh, number eight, the uh, the Lost Weekend, the Ray Milan <laughs> one. Oh. Last weekend it is. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. The top 10 movies about addiction. Yeah. At number 10. The Lost Weekend. At number nine. Flight. At number eight. Crazy Heart. At number seven. Rush. At number six. The Fighter. At number five. A Star is Born. At number four. Train spotting. At number three. Uncut gems. At number two. Leaving Las Vegas. And our number one film about addiction is Requiem for a Dream. Requiem. Um, There you go. Another quality show. Thanks to everybody that tuned in this week to the show. We thoroughly appreciate it. Um, Our thanks that goes out to everybody that helps us put this show out. Uh, Joe Abara, Mike Shea, Chris Alexakos, Matthew Hasso, and Kristen Smith, and Bobby Carney. Uh, our thanks to, to everybody that helps us. We thoroughly appreciate it. Um, you can follow the show at Top Ten Show, and then the Instagram page is uh, is it um, at Top Ten Podcast with the number ten. That sounds about right. Okay, I'm looking it up now. Uh, if own. I can find it, don't even know our own podcast. There it is. Yeah, the top ten podcast with the number ten. It there just between that and we have YouTube.com, you know, yeah. and then we've got Patreon and we've got our email account. And you know, it's a lot to keep. <laughs> our own social media is it is yeah, a lot. A lot to keep straight. It's a lot <laughs> to keep straight. But uh, yeah, hit us up over there, and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out uh, Settle the Score. Uh, last week's show had John on it. Yeah, got, and, sorry, uh, not going to ruin anything, but it was a heck of an experience for sure. Uh, and that is it for me this week.
There you go. You can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. And like Matt said, go to our YouTube page. If you're listening to us on the podcast feed, go to our top 10 YouTube page, youtube.com slash the top 10 podcast. Go and find us there and uh, see all the stuff we're doing there. And of course the Patreon above my head. Uh, and if you're uh, a, a patron, uh, keep sending in your topics. We're running a little bit low on topics for topic thunder. So if you're $5 above patron, send in more of your topics, send in questions for us to answer there on the show as we go forward here. Uh, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. And please, if you want to come and hang out with some more of my stuff on my YouTube pages, youtube.com slash John Roka says, all right, that's it from both of us. You all take care of yourselves, uh, be safe. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10. Ooh. 